Hey, it's Colin. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to my thoughts, to listen to my introspective thinking, and to listen to some questions that may or may not be answered. I wanted to name this podcast One Step Forward because a lot of the time that's all it takes is just taking that one step forward. And that can be the hardest step to take when creating a more fulfilling and healthier life for yourself. And so a lot of people sometimes don't know what that one step forward looks like. And so by the teachings and the insights that I plan on providing for you through this podcast, then maybe you can create your own way of taking one step forward in doing whatever endeavor it is you choose to do. And this is my first podcast, so there may be some hiccups along the way. There's definitely going to be some mistakes, but that's okay, because failure is a part of the journey. Failure is a part of success, and without failure, you will not attain that true success that you desire for yourself. Um, I do want to say for the podcast that I hope to have some guests on, you know. There's going to be some episodes where I'm doing this by myself, but I do want to have some people on, some friends, maybe some people who are knowledgeable in something that I wish to learn more about. Or just people that I admire, people who I I admire their story and how they got to where they're, they're at right now. And so for the introduction episode, I wanted to give you guys some insight into who I am as a person. I feel like that is the most appropriate way to start this whole thing. Um, so it all started... On March 24th, 1996, a young Aries was born, and that would be me. Um, Throughout my life, I had been involved in athletics. Throughout my life, I have always had this motor that just never really seemed to turn off, no matter what you put me in, whether it's in school or speaking with friends or athletics, I would always just had this energy about me that there was no off button. Um, <clears throat> throughout my life, I have always had a zest for life. I've always had this deep desire to learn more about life, learn more about how I can better my life, and to learn more about what else is out there. And by doing so, I've put myself in a position where I have had some incredible opportunities, whether it be traveling or jobs that I've taken or some risks that 
I've taken that some other people might not agree with. And every single one of those experiences that I've had, I'm so immensely grateful for, whether whether they worked out or, or not. Um, but I think up until I graduated from high school, that part of my life was a chapter where I kind of began to figure out who I was, what it is I liked, how I fit into certain peer groups, and what it is I would want out of my life. And granted, that question is still figuring its way out, but it gave me a sense of what I wanted to do, but also, more importantly, what I didn't want to do. And after high school, I went straight into college because I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. And I went through OCC, Ocean County College, graduated with a liberal arts degree somehow, some way, um, <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. And then I went to Keene University uh, in Ocean County, and I wanted to major in psychology because I felt as though I really love being around people, but I was also very interested in people. I was interested in how people interact with their peers. I was interested in the thought process and behavior of people and anytime I have been around people somehow I always end up in deep conversations and I'm not really sure how I get there it kind of just goes from A to Z very quickly but that was a telling tale that I had a deep desire to find the depth within people and we all have depth within us it's just a matter of how it's accessed and the the way it's accessed is so important because a lot of people put on fronts and for the person who is trying to get that depth out of somebody it requires a lot of pushing against the resistance of it but we all have depth within us and that is something I have always been interested in so Having gone through college, I graduated, and right after graduation, I was still working as a mason in a Red Bank Township, which that job was not for me, <laughs> but um, it was just like one of those jobs that you have where you're just holding on to it until you get that, that big boy job, per se, and what was on the other side of that was working in a substance use facility, a uh, an inpatient care. And in this facility, I was working with drug addicts of such as like alcohol, cocaine, marijuana, methamphetamine, all the above. And going into that job, I, I was very naive as to what people are capable of 
because when you're working in a place like that, unfortunately, you do have to keep your guard up. Um, a lot of the people who are who enter these these places, they may not even realize that they have so much unhealed trauma, and unfortunately, you are the one who ends up being in the middle of that because their behavior while in the facility affects you. There may be theft, there may be um, there may be beef between two people that you have to settle. But the majority of people who come into these places, they they really do want help and they really do desire to have a better life for themselves outside of the facility and I can't even imagine how difficult it must be to be in a position where your whole life was ruined because of this one substance that you feel as though you need. I'm not in any way shape or form an expert on substance use treatment. I have worked in that I worked in that facility for just over a year and I learned so much about people while being there. And one of the duties that or some of the duties I would have while working there is I would lead le- lead lectures about certain topics whether it was how to set goals, um the importance of sleep and um just a bunch of topics about motivation and discipline and things of that nature. And I would also do intakes uh, for the people who were just entering the facility. So we would, we would get their bio, we would find out their background, family history, um, history of incarceration, if there was one. And it was just really interesting to see the, the process of how people are checked into a facility. But unfortunately, well, let me go back. So when you go into a facility, a drug and alcohol facility, the first part of it is, it was so long ago, I don't remember the name, but the first part of it is the the detox. And that's pretty much just where you are detoxing from whichever uh, drug of choice you may have. So you would be detoxing from alcohol, which in my opinion, from what I've seen, is probably one of the hardest things to detox from. People would be detoxing from heroin, cocaine, etc. And they would spend anywhere from three to seven days trying to detox from the substance. And there would be nurses on standby, checking their vitals every few hours, making sure their, their body is okay before they enter the rehab. And a lot of the time, people don't even make it through detox. They, they check out. They check themselves out. They leave. They, the pain of not having that substance with them, or in them rather, supersedes their desire to become better. And a lot of the time, people don't realize that they need to go through that in order to meet on the other side. And I've had many, many, many conversations with these individuals who are trying to check themselves out. Like, hey, man, like, it's not worth it to go back on the street. Like, what are you going back to? What do you, 
are you trying to cop? Are you trying to, what do you, what's your intention with going back? Like, are you going to still go to meetings? And a lot of the time people would just want to leave treatment to, to get high. And one of my bosses at the time told me to roll with the resistance, because if you are just trying to sway somebody against what they're doing they're it's not not only is it not going to work but they're going to get pissed off so you have to meet people where they're at and that was a huge lesson that i've taken outside of the facility as well especially with like people you know and you try to talk to somebody into creating a better life for themselves but they're just not they're not even there and that's okay they they're not at that point in their lives yet but then they would enter, after they have um, rehabilitated themselves from detox, they would enter rehab. And this is where a lot of the lectures will be held, uh, some group meetings will be held, um, and they'll be able to dorm with people who have also made it through detox. And there will be about 30 guys there and 30 women. The men and women would be separated. And yeah, they would last... 30 days max, usually, sometimes like 45, um, before they hopefully check themselves into a halfway house or um, other types of living situations if they do not already have something like that. And then after working a year from there, I had become a life coach. A life coach working for this corporation called Declarations. And I was pretty much like a case manager for these people. Um, some of these people who needed that assistance uh, because they were on disability um, or they had certain mental illnesses that made them not work or they just really needed that assistance, we would, we would be there for them. So we would draw these rehabilitation plans for these people. We would take a step-by-step -step check onto what it was as to how they wanted to go about their goals. We would be in touch with their medical providers, making sure their health is in check. And a lot of the time we would drive these people to these doctor's appointments, whether it was a cardiologist, neurologist, etc. And I did that for just about eight months. And while I was doing that, I... Um, I had been prescribed Adderall from my psychiatrist for my ADHD, which up until then really affected how I go about my my life, my the important tasks that I had to do, you know, always being forgetful and impulsive and just not making sure my eyes are dotted and my T's are crossed, just like not making sure little things were done because of just trying to zip through all the tasks. And I was really afraid of my new job being affected by my ADHD. And so I went on medication, but I was doing really well for a couple months, but then I decided to up my medication and Essentially, what ended up happening was I started getting this this really short temper. 
I started to have panic attacks. Uh, there was an instance where I decided to take a vacation, uh, a uh, medication vacation for a day, and I experienced true withdrawal symptoms of like convulsing and any form of light that would be shined through the room would give me a huge migraine. I'd try and throw up like the whole the whole thing and at that point I just needed to get off of it as much as possible but what ended up happening through all these panic attacks and these temper tantrums is that my job ended up getting affected by it and having to leave work because I was in sheer panic mode and having a short temper and needing to take a minute it it affected my my job and ultimately I I ended up getting fired and that was heartbreaking that was one of the worst pains I've I've felt because this was a job I really felt like I could thrive in and do really well in but unfortunately life had other plans and I knew that when I got fired but when you get fired from a job you really it's one thing to get fired from a job that you don't really care about but when you get fired from a job that you can really see yourself doing and really see yourself excelling in it's a huge blow to any kind of self-esteem you have about yourself and I'm so grateful for that experience and I'm so grateful for my friends and family who helped me through that experience because without them I don't even I can't even imagine what would have happened to me so this was in June of 2021 and from June of 2021 until October of 2021 I was unemployed and I did a lot of work um, like on myself like just by going to therapy going to the gym consistently applying for jobs going to job interviews which didn't end up working out but one of the more important things that I realized throughout that experience was that working in the field of social work just was not it wasn't for me it just the compassion fatigue that you experience while working in social work and working with individuals who need you and if you don't show up as the best version of yourself it can really affect your well-being so after that after that I got a job working for this other company being a case manager for for kids and I did that for probably I want to say six months and we would be working with their parents, working with their therapists, again, making these treatment plans for these kids as to how often they would attend therapy, how often they would hang out with their families, trying to get them into um, community resources. Problem is, a lot of these kids, they 
they didn't want to be involved in our care. So this brought about a lot of resistance from the kids and it was so hard to to watch these kids suffer throughout life and experience these substance use disorders and experience these major episodes of depression where they want to kill themselves and watching these kids just really really suffer and a lot of the time the parents would look at you and be like what can you what can you do about this how can you help us and a lot of the time I would say not say but I would think to myself I don't know but I would do my best to make sure that these kids got the appropriate care that they needed and it really affected my mental health so I needed an exit plan I needed a way out I needed to do something with myself so that exit plan was for me to go back to school but not to go back to school for social work to go more so toward the medical field and that was to become an EEG tech, an electroencephalogram technician, working with patients who have brain tumors, working with patients who have epilepsy, um, and any kind of brain injury. And we would be putting the electrodes on their on their scalps to monitor that electrical activity within their brain to see the origin of the seizures they would be having or to see the origin of certain electrical fields in their heads that were producing activity and that program started in April actually but still going back to the case manager job I had working with kids quitting that job was probably one of the most relieving things I could have experienced as a person and again I'm I'm so grateful for that experience I'm so grateful for everybody who helped me along in that experience like my workers and such I'm so grateful for my friends my family my girlfriend who helped me through that because without them I don't know if I could have I could have done it so now fast forward to September, I've been in this program for five months, I think, and I'm so excited to see where this takes me. I am so grateful for all of those missteps. I'm so grateful for all of the mistakes I made. I'm so grateful for all of the failures. I've had along the way because without those experiences I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't see a future for myself in this in this field and this is something I've always wanted to do I've always wanted to work in neuroscience I just never really knew to what capacity because I never really wanted to pursue a PhD because that's like 10 years of your life but I just knew I always wanted to work with the brain somehow, some way. So here I am, as vulnerable as I could possibly be, and I'm ready for whatever life has in store. And 
through this podcast, I just want to be as vulnerable as possible, open myself up and express myself in so many different ways. And thank you. Thank you to everybody out there who is listening. Thank you to everybody out there who gives a shit. Um, thank you. I don't, I don't really know what else to say. Hopefully I'm going to find like an intro song or like an outro song, maybe like an acoustic guitar or something, something cool, I guess. Um, this is my first time doing it. And throughout the first few episodes, there's going to be mistakes. Like I'm going to stumble over my words. I'm going to not really know where to go from point to point, but I really want to try to become as organized as I can with this. Um, and I want to hopefully help as many people as I can with this. Um, I really feel as though this is a tool that can be used to, this can be a vehicle to get to the destination of being the voice for people who feel as though they may not have a voice. And if I can put myself out there and be the spokesperson for other people who don't have a voice, then maybe those people will find the courage within themselves to speak up or maybe just take one step forward in their life. And that one step forward is all that's needed. Thank you again for listening. Um, I hope to do this weekly. Um, I really do enjoy doing this. This was fun. I want to have guests on here. I want to make this the best possible experience for not only myself, but for the people who are listening as well. Maybe some merch that I can make. I don't know. I'm just spitballing at this point. But um, yeah, I got to get going. Got to get ready for class. Got to get ready for to be an EEG tech. Um, thank you, guys. I'll see you again. Bye.